This is Judaism 101.9 with Rabbi Michael Katz of Elovo. Hi, and a very good afternoon to you. Wonderful to be with you this afternoon. Great to be back here in the studio. Yes, it's been warm outside. And so uh, the studio is a beautiful place to be on an afternoon like this, nice and cool. Hopefully you are uh, sitting down with something cool to drink, maybe, and uh, able to listen without the heat affecting you too much. But we're going to be talking today about things to do with the month of Kislev, things to do with the um, objective of the month of Kislev, perhaps. And, of course, then leading up to the Chag, the festival of Hanukkah, which um, dominates towards the end of this month and all the things and all the features um, in and around and about it and the things that you need to know um, and plan for in uh, the coming weeks pertaining to that wonderful Chag, that wonderful festival of Hanukkah. So first and foremost, perhaps to kick off today, let's think about and talk about the concept of the month of Kislev and um, many of our great uh, Torah commentators have waxed lyrical on the various different names for the various different months of the Jewish year. Now, you know, if you go back to Torah itself, months of the year are named according to numbers. They are they go according to a numerical value or a numerical order. Uh, we talk about the first month. We talk about the second month, the third month, the fourth month, the seventh month, and so on. And we do not term, term any of these months with names. The names, it seems, came from the Babylonian era. And many of the names have their roots in uh, um, Babylonian language, in the language of the time in Persian. And that is really probably where all of these names came from. But some of them were um, very, very, um, let's call it prophetic, and some of them very, very um, well chosen. And some of them, obviously, with a background um, of uh, what those months are actually all about. The name of the month itself has a very, very deep, profound, and important message, not the least of which is this month, which is known as the month of Kislev. Kislev. Chaf Samach Lamed Vav. Not Lamed Bet. It's nothing to do with Lev being a heart, but Kislev Lamed Vav. Now, what does that mean? Well, came across a very, very beautiful interpretation that tells us that Kislev means... Case law, which means the covering over of him or of his. What are we covering over? What is hidden? There is a certain hiddenness. There is a certain um, essential ingredient of the world that is hidden. And this is the month, perhaps, where we remark about the fact that it's hidden and we try to reveal that which is hidden. What is it that is hidden? What are we talking about when we think about things that are hidden? We know that um, there is a tremendous amount that is hidden from us in life and in the world per se. We look at things. We look at nature. We can only see the nature. We can see the tree. We can see the animal. We can see the human being. But we don't necessarily see that which drives them. We don't see the spirituality, the spirit, the neshama, the soul behind it all. We don't necessarily see everything that um, is contained in all the wonders of this world, but there is something that drives them all. There is something that is hidden. There is something that is concealed, something that we weren't perhaps meant to see up front and outwardly, and we meant to explore and discover. And interestingly enough, if we go all the way back to the creation of the world when 
the uh, creator, when the Lord Almighty, when God, Hashem, created the world, he created the world um, in a natural format. He made nature. But the very first thing that he created was he created light. He created something that was called or, or being light. What was God's power of creation? He created things by speaking. He said something and it was. So God took three Hebrew letters, an Aleph, a Vav, and a Resh. He put them together. He pronounced them. He said, Or, and with that Or, light came into being. He did the same thing with just about everything else that he created. He said, Eitz, and Eitz was an Ayin and a Tzaddik, and that created a tree. And so it was with everything else that God created. He said it, and so it came into being. Now, this not only gives us an insight into the power of speech, and certainly into the power of God's speech, but his power of creation was in the word, in the word itself. He created, or first up, he created light. The challenging thing about the light that Hashem created on that very first day was, it seems that while we say, and there was light, in fact, there wasn't. Because it was only a couple of days later that Hashem created the sun and the moon and the stars, which became known as the luminaries in the day sky and in the night sky. So what was this light that Hashem created? Well, we told, amazingly, that uh, this was light that Hashem concealed. Hashem took this light and he put it away for the future. It was put away for a futuristic kind of an experience, a future time. Well, what was this light really all about? Did Hashem put it away and then take little bite-sized pieces of that light and and, uh, plant it within everything that he created, perhaps? Did Hashem put it away for a couple of thousand years to wait until a miracle happened and a festival of light came to reveal the essence of light in this world? Did he put it away until... The Messianic era, did he put it away until the time when Mashiach comes? That there was a light that was too bright. There was an insight into things that was too profound and too obvious and too mind-blowing that um, Hashem wanted us not to be able to see that light until the time when Mashiach would come, when everybody would literally see the light, when everybody would see what um, this whole world, what this whole life, what everything is really all about, to be able to have an inside knowledge and therefore be able to be at peace with everything and everybody, not to have any um, covering over anymore, but that that light would become revealed. Well, it may be one of the above. It may be all of the above. It may be that um, each one of those answers has some validity. But when we come to this month, which we commemorate every year, the month of Kislev, we're a lot more focused on the concept of revealing light than at any other time during the year. Yes, on a Friday night, of course, we light candles. Yes, candles and light plays a huge role in all of Judaism. And in fact, the Torah itself is compared to light. But in fact, when we think about this month, this is a month that's really dedicated to the miracle of light, to the revelation of light, to a, a, a fact that light can be and is the only antidote to darkness, that a little bit of light can push away a lot of darkness.
And therefore, it's not without reason and not without um, some incredible, incredible um, thought process that goes into um, unpacking what or what light is actually all about that our sages have pointed out that the word or meaning light has the same numerical value as the word raz, which means secret. The secret to this month is light. The secret to the world is light. The secret to perhaps all our issues, our problems, our sorrows, our sadnesses, and our darkness is light. That when that light is revealed, when it comes to the fore, when it is allowed out of its um, covering, when it is allowed to shine bright, it can not only dispel the darkness, but it can give us all the wonderful things that we know that light does and should represent. It can give us hope. It gives us a positive mindset. It makes us think of good things, good thoughts. Light is positive. Darkness is negative. When we think about the difference just in humor, where we talk about dark and light humor, dark humor probably on a negative angle, a negative slant, when we talk about darkness in general, um, people are afraid of the dark. Not that we should be afraid of the dark, but darkness connotes negativity. Darkness connotes closed minds. Darkness connotes um, unpleasantness. Light is something that we all aim and strive for. And therefore, during this month, perhaps our whole focus should be that we need to really be reaching for uncovering the light, revealing the light, bringing more light into the world, creating more light, whether it's in our workplace, whether it's in our homes, whether it's in um, the street out there, whether it's in our community or whether it's in our world. Our job during this month is to create light. And let's perhaps explore a little bit further right after this how we should go about celebrating Hanukkah and how we should go about creating that light and dispelling a lot of darkness. This is Judaism 101.9 with Rabbi Michael Katz of Elovo. There are so many images and so many ideas that are used surrounding light. Just in the way that we speak, we talk about things like, you light up my life. We talk about a person who is perhaps enlightened. We talk about the light at the end of the tunnel. We have all sorts of expressions that have got to do with light. Each one of them has such a positive um, energy, such a positive meaning. If you think about it, the light at the end of the tunnel, where we're in this darkness, and there is some light, there is a hope at the end of the tunnel. When we think about someone who is enlightened, it means that he has had light that has um, been switched on within his brain, and uh, now he or she have the insights into all sorts of um, greater and better and bigger and more wonderful things. If you think about the idea of being the inspiration to somebody and lighting up their lives, um, whether it is in a love relationship or whether it is um, someone who has literally taught you the most amazing um, way to conduct your business or do anything or live your life, um, you've lit up somebody's life. And if we think about it, <coughs> is this not exactly the image that we have when in Judaism a tremendous role is played by 
the kindling of candles in a particular way of creating light. It's not just about, and we kind of live in an electrical, electronic, technological world where uh, where we talk about light. The first thing that pops into our minds, of course, is a light bulb, is um, electricity. And, of course, ultimately it all works from that. But let's rather use the age-old image of a candle. When we think about a candle and we think about the light that is created from a candle, a candle gives us at the exact same time, it gives us a multiple of different messages and images. Because, first of all, there is the physical part of the candle. What happens to the physical part of the candle? As the light expands or as the uh, flame is burning, the physical part of the candle diminishes. It becomes less and less. The wax or the oil becomes less and less. So um, the idea within a physical world is perhaps uh, the more you uh, give, the less you have. Um, If you're um, giving charity, if you're giving to other people, if you're giving of your time, if you're giving of your effort, if you're giving of your energy, the more you give, the less you have in a purely physical dimension. However, when we um, counteract that, when we uh, uh, juxtapose that with what happens at the top of the candle, what happens with the flame, strangely enough, um, the less the physical becomes, the more the spiritual can become. Um, At the very tip of the candle, at the top of the candle, there is that flame. The flame can be used to light a million other flames, and it will not only not be diminished itself, it will now have shared in the creation of all those other flames, of all those other lights that are out there and that are now kind of surrounding the whole world. (coughs) It is one of the amazing, miraculous, and very, very beautiful images of a candle per se, that the light that is on that candle, the flame that is on that candle, is never diminished by sharing. It's never diminished by lighting another candle from it. It does not go out, of course, unless you put it out um, by accident or on purpose. Uh, You put it out when you're lighting another flame. Um, The main thing of the flame is that it is not at all diminished by um, sharing, by caring by giving to others and as it does that so it creates more and more and more light similarly of course if you think about it a teacher teacher teaching students a parent giving love to children um, the more that you give the more you actually get it doesn't diminish you it doesn't take away from your ability to give it doesn't take away from your knowledge if you share that knowledge on the contrary The challenge that other students may have for you when you're teaching them will broaden your knowledge, will broaden your scope, will increase your power, will increase your ability to to impart that knowledge. It will make you a better teacher. And it makes you a better parent, even when your children are challenging you, um, when they ask you questions, when they appreciate your love and not always only appreciate just the love in a way of it being all warm and fuzzy. But they appreciate your love because they know that it's unconditional. They know that you're giving it to them in the most beautiful and positive way. And therefore, your love actually increases as you are imparting it, as you're giving it to others. 
And so therefore this image of a candle, the image of a flame and the image of light per se, runs as this incredibly beautiful thread of light throughout all of Judaism and particularly during this month, the time when we come to the fore to try and reveal that light. We try and um, spread the light. We try and remove darkness. We try and take away from negativity and replace it with positivity. And in so doing, we strengthen ourselves. In so doing, we make ourselves all that stronger. We increase in our own energy. We increase in our own light by sharing their light, by spreading that light, by giving that light to others. So what do we do and how do we celebrate this beautiful festival, this hug of light? Well, our sages have taught us that the way that we do this is that since there was a miracle that lasted for eight days, and of course, I'm sure you know the story, that um, the um, Assyrian Greeks tried to destroy the spirituality of the Beit HaMikdash, of the temple. They broke the seals on all the oil that was being used in the menorah, the candelabra that lit up not only the temple itself, but in fact spread out to the whole of Jerusalem and from there to the entire world. And um, when when they were chased from the temple and the Jews now were able to return to look for oil in order to kindle that candelabra to light that menorah, famously they only found one cruise of oil, which was meant to last just one day, but it lasted eight until they were were able to uh, manufacture the special holy olive oil that had to be used in kindling the menorah in kindling the candelabra in the temple in the Beit HaMikdash. And when that happened, our sages declared that we should now celebrate from then on in every year during the month of Kislev and in fact on the 25th of the month and that gives rise to the name of the festival that is called Chanukah. Ka at the end, the Chafhe is the number 25. Chanu means They rested. We were able to take a breather, a break from the odious and difficult battle against the Assyrian Greeks to drive them out of Israel, to drive them out of the temple, to get rid of their Hellenistic ideas of trying to dominate Judaism and trying to wipe the spirituality of Judaism off the map. We've heard that all before. Um, The idea of wiping us off the map has been going on from time immemorial. And please, God, very soon it will be um, ended, and hopefully there will be um, the kind of peace that we pray for, and not only in Israel but all over the world. The idea of the candelabra being kindled for those beautiful eight miraculous days, our sages instituted the idea that every year from the 25th of Kislev, which is coming up this year on the 2nd of December, that we should light Menorahs. We should light candelabras in our homes, and we should make sure that that light spreads not only inwards but outwards, that it spreads out to the streets, that it is everywhere, that there is this essence of the idea of sharing the light, of spreading the light, of bringing hope into a place that is dark, of creating a beautiful and wonderful atmosphere of positive energy. Not only in our homes and in our families, in our um, immediate circles, in our communities, but in the world out there. That we create this message of hope, this message of light that we reveal during this period of time. And that we point to it and we um, 
um, accede to, and we invite people to bask in the glory of Hashem's great and incredible miracles. These incredible miracles that Hashem wrought on behalf of us, of his holy Jewish people, but on behalf of the whole world, to bring about a message of peace, a message of light, a message of hope, a message of um, of, 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 of inspiration rather than a message of being down and uh, uh, depressed and sad and uh, dark, rather to be light and rather to be uplifted and rather to be inspired. This is the message of this beautiful festival of Hanukkah. So what do we do? We light the menorah. We kindle it every night. When do we light it? We light it, Dafka, when it is getting dark. We light it at a time of darkness. And, um, you know, there's kind of no um, kunst, they would say. There's uh, no um, wiseness in lighting up the day. We need to light up the night. And it's not just the night of each of those nights of Hanukkah, but the night of the world that we want to push away, that we want to light up, that we want to bring this message of light and of hope everywhere, um, in every space, in every place, and at all times. So the lighting of the candles takes place dafka at night. Where should it be celebrated? It should be celebrated inside your home, and it should be celebrated outside your home. There's a very, very beautiful thing if you have the privilege, the honor um, of one day perhaps being in the streets of Yerushalayim, of Jerusalem, and particularly in the old city where it's particularly beautiful, um, on the nights of Hanukkah to walk down the alleyways, the streets, and see the menorahs, to see the candelabras of the various homes lit Right out on the street, they put them out kind of in a uh, almost like in a in a mailbox, um, right out facing towards the street. Why? Because there is not only the idea of the light that should spread inwards, but the, uh, there's the idea of pisume nisa, of spreading the miracle outwards. That passers by should be able to be inspired. That passers by should be able to understand the miracles that God wrought on behalf of us and will continue to do on behalf of all of us. The miracles that are not only in the natural world, but the miracles that transcend the natural world. And that perhaps is why we liked the menorah and why the uh, festival was for eight days and not seven. Seven connotes the number of the natural. Number eight is one more than the natural. It goes beyond the natural. It speaks of the miraculous. And this is really and truly what this Chag, what this festival is truly all about. It is about spreading the light. It's about sharing the light. It's about creating the light. It's about making sure that that light is felt within your homes, within your families, as well as outwardly. Now, in South Africa and in our environment, unfortunately, most of our doorways do not face out onto a public street. But we still would light in a doorway in order to make sure that anybody and everybody within the family um, can see that uh, that light. Or some have the tradition of lighting in a window. And it's only really a point in lighting in a window if there are going to be passers-by, if it's facing out to the street and so on. Unfortunately, in the kind of environment that we live, this is not always possible. But there is a very, very beautiful way that you can share in the public light um, not only this year, but at all times in uh, Johannesburg, in South Africa, wherever you may be um, around the world. And that is the beautiful advent of the last number of years of public menorah lightings. And so when I come back after this short break, 
let's share some thoughts, some ideas on how we can celebrate Hanukkah this year in uh, some novel ways and in some novel projects that have been masterminded and have been put um, uh, out there for you to enjoy and to participate in um, by Chabad House um, for this coming year of Hanukkah. Please join me right after this. This is Judaism 101.9 with Rabbi Michael Katz of Elovo. So on the very first Hanukkah, which was the day on which that menorah was kindled in the temple all those years ago, um, after the war of the Maccabees against the Assyrian Greeks, and there was that one cruise of oil, think about it, the menorah was lit in one place. It was lit in the temple. Our sages then instructed that um, as an act of um, remembrance of this great miracle and a participation in the great miracle, we should light menorahs in our homes. We should have them pointed outwards and try and spread the light as far as possible. That has all been taken a lot further, if you think about it. There have even been menorahs on space shuttles. There have been menorahs that have been kindled in front of the Kremlin in um, the what used to be the heart of darkness for the Jewish people. There have been menorahs kindled, of course, on the lawns of the White House. And here in Johannesburg, there are so many opportunities to spread the light, to share the light, and to enable Jews everywhere to... Spread this light outwards because one of the statements that was made about the menorah in the temple was that the temple was designed in such a way that the light should spread from the menorah in the temple outwards. Um, We no longer have that basic source of light, but we do still have the ongoing spread outwards of the light that uh, was kindled there in the Beit HaMikdash of the temple that is now um, able, possible to be spread everywhere all the time for the duration of the Chag, of the festival of Hanukkah. So we've embarked on this um, incredible campaign to try and ensure that there is not a Jewish home in South Africa that does not have a menorah, a candelabra with candles, to light for the Hanukkah festival this year. Remember that Hanukkah this year is a little bit earlier than usual. Um, Usually Hanukkah is uh, way towards the end of December, and therefore it not only clashes with all the um, public holidays, but it clashes with um, school holidays in a way as well. People are away. This year, Hanukkah takes place very much during school time, and uh, therefore, hopefully, people are in town. So you need to make sure that you have a menorah to light. If you don't have a menorah to light, please be in touch with Chabad House so that you can arrange one. If you know of anybody who doesn't have a menorah to light, please be in touch with us at Chabad House so that we can arrange for them to get a menorah and to get candles. We're distributing thousands of menorahs and candles across the country so that there is literally not a Jew, hopefully, around South Africa who doesn't have the ability to light a menorah of their own. But that's not all. We want to ensure that the message of Hanukkah is spread throughout your workplaces. So, yes, you can actually get a menorah to light or to have, um, albeit that it may be electric, but just to remind you of the miracles that you could put in your workplace, that when people walk past, they will be able to see 
what Hanukkah is actually all about, if you think about it. Um, you walk down the streets of Manhattan, you go to any um, uh, major city in um, the uh, Western world, you usually see Hanukkiot. You see menorahs in banks, you see menorahs all over the place. This is something that we have embarked upon to try and do for this year and hopefully for the years that lie ahead, that people should be able to have menorahs in their places of work, that there should be menorahs in malls. We have set up some uh, menorahs in uh, malls that are visited by <coughs> by Jews and non-Jews alike throughout Gauteng, throughout Johannesburg, and hopefully that will spread and uh, be something that will be done literally all over the country as it is um, all over the world. But in addition to that, we have some very, very famous and very, very wonderful public menorah lightings. And I'd like to remind everybody of um, the fact that aside from um, several other places where menorahs will be lit in public, grand Hanukkah menorah lighting going to be taking place outside Sandton City, outside the main entrance to Sandton City. Um, for the duration of Hanukkah, and that's going to be taking place each night of Hanukkah from uh, at 6.30 where the menorah will be lit. But please make sure that you're there for sure on the very first night of Hanukkah on Sunday night, the 2nd of December, when the menorah will be lit in public. And, of course, with the use of um, some uh, fancy footwork in order to be able to reach up to the tallest menorah um, um, in this part of the world where the menorah will be lit um, kindled, hopefully with thousands of people present. And of course, make sure that you enter into the um, menorah competition. There is a competition for kids, kids of all ages. If you want to check on ChabadSouthAfrica.org, you can see the menorah competition. If you need more information, please contact Chabad House on 0114406600. And you will know and you will be able to see um, all about this fantastic menorah competition. To put it in a nutshell, you have the opportunity to make a unique menorah, to make a menorah that will be entered in a competition, and there are fantastic prizes for the winners of the competition, different age groups. For children, particularly in primary school, and then perhaps even younger, to be able to enter into this wonderful contest, this wonderful competition of menorah making. Make your own menorah and um, make it beautiful, make it unique. Bring it along on the 2nd of December from 5 o'clock outside Santon City. There will be a grand event that is taking place there. Um, and um, on that Sunday evening, the judges will judge in the various categories um, the winners of the grand Great menorah competition, a contest for all of you out there and for all of our children in order to be able to participate in this great and wonderful Chag and this wonderful festival. Of course, there'll be food. Of course, there'll be entertainment. Of course, there'll be all sorts of wonderful things and a wonderful vibe to celebrate the first night of Hanukkah um, outside Santon City in the heart of Santon. Let's come out. Let's be proud. Let's um, show what we mean when we say that we want to spread light, that we want to share the light, that we want to create light, that we want to give the light of Hanukkah to the entire world and teach the whole world the lesson of peace, of unity, of hope, of light, and of all the good and positive things in order to dispel the sadness, the melancholy, the depression, uh, the negativity, and the darkness that seems to have pervaded not only our society, but the entire world. Be back with you right after this. This is Judaism 101.9 with Rabbi Michael Katz of Elovo. So while we know that it's uh, only a few weeks away, um, 
We need to be gearing up for Hanukkah. We need to be gearing up for the concept of spreading light, of sharing light, of creating light. And we have so many golden, beautiful opportunities for you to be able to do that. You can do it in the way that you always do, hopefully, by lighting a menorah in your house. And hopefully you have your menorah with uh, olive oil or with candles, whichever way you usually light the menorah, light it that way this year. Increasing in the number of candles each night on the first night, we light one, of course, plus the shamas, second night two, and so on, until on the last night we light eight. The idea of increasing the light as we go through this chag, as we go through this festival. But let's increase the light by sharing with others who perhaps don't have menorahs. And, of course, you have that opportunity to do that. Become an ambassador for light. Become an ambassador for Hanukkah by uh, picking up some menorahs from Chabad House and spreading them, sharing them, giving them to people who otherwise would not light um, a menorah for this Hanukkah. It's a wonderful opportunity for you to get involved on that level. If you haven't got one yourself and uh, there's nobody who's going to do it for you, you do that yourself. Get involved. We're sending them all over the countryside and then some. Um, so please participate by making sure that everybody lights menorahs this year on Hanukkah. It's easy. It's wonderful. It's positive. It's a great energetic and energizing thing to do for you and for your family, for your children, and for our people and for our country. And um, if that's not enough, well, get yourself a Menorah for work, take it to your workplace, plug it in, get the permission of the boss, of course, and put it up there. Or if you are the boss, well, then you don't have to ask permission. Just put it up in your workplace that there should be a menorah burning bright um, in honor of Hanukkah um, at the place of work, spreading the light, spreading the message, spreading the miracles. And if that is not enough, well, get yourself a menorah for your local mall if you um, have an in with it or if you happen to have a store in it. Um, we'd be happy to oblige and happy to provide menorahs for uh, there as well. And then, of course, come out in numbers um, to the grand public menorah lightings, particularly the ones that are taking place um, outside Santon City and particularly on the first night of Hanukkah when there is going to be a grand and beautiful um, Hanukkah competition for menorahs. Get your kids to make menorahs. Spread it. Get everybody involved. It's going to be wonderful. It's going to be glorious. It's going to be beautiful. And it's going to create light and a positive energy, hopefully, for all of us, for our city, for our country, and for our world. I would wish you a great rest of the week, a great Shabbat up ahead. Look forward to being back with you again, same time, same place, next week on Judaism 101.9.